Welcome, friend and foe, to the Silver Heathen Podcast. I am the Silver Heathen. I'm Scott. I'm so glad to be here with you today. We had some technical difficulties, so we're getting a late jump, but that's all right. We're we're multitasking. We're cooking dinner. We're doing a podcast. We're replying to the phone. Both of us are are, are doing multiple things here, so this is going to be fun. It's a relaxed podcast. We try to keep it authentic as possible. So I will just turn it right over to my guest. Welcome to the podcast. I want to make sure I say your name right, so I'll have you say it first, because I don't want to butcher it. Naisha. Naisha. Okay. Naisha, thank you so much. Uh, from New York, uh, welcome to the podcast. You're the first guest from, from New York. Your name's going to go up on my little map. Super excited to do that. Uh, you're obviously in the recovery. I, I was just uh, mildly looking over your profile. I try not to look in too much to, to the guests, so it's all new to me, too, so... Um, I'm learning with with the people that are listening at home. So sober mom, sober wife, um, sober. Uh, there was a pet. Was it a dog mom? Was yeah, it? dog okay. mom. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on cue. Look at that. <laughs> so yeah. talk a little bit. How long you been sober? Um, what happened? You know. Um, okay. So I've been sober. Um, for three and a half years this time, uh, um, going on for October 12th is my sober date. All right. Um, I had a couple of things that happened before I actually took on this task before I was sober for, oh, I want to say. From two thousand some from two thousand three to two thousand and twelve, I was sober. So I was in relapse using um until about two thousand and fifteen. Um and then I, I got off of a crack in two thousand and fifteen and um then I got sober in twenty nineteen. Okay. So I went to jail. I got two DWIs, two DUIs in the state of New York. So if anybody's from New York, you already know that is, you know, that's some darkness. Sure. sure. <laughs> and um, I think the worst part of it was coming to terms that I can't drink. I can't drink because it always starts a shitstorm. So that was what my last relapse was. I was in relapse for about uh, from 2013, I'll say 2013 to 2019 or 2012 to 2019, because um, I want to say that my time 
without using it does count, but it was mostly, you know, I wanted to say everything. So I'm clean. I'm sober from everything as of today, uh, three and a half years. So three and a half years. That's awesome. So it's, I think it's interesting when, when people have two stretches of long-term sobriety. So tell the listeners, what did you do the first time um, that led to that sobriety? And then what are you doing different now to add to it the second time? Okay. So the first time there was this guy that I was, I was dating, he was sober uh, for 30 years. So the first time I got sober, uh, it was like, he was my rock. He was my encouragement. I did it for him. I did it for my daughter. I did it for the, you know, I did it for the wrong reasons. I should have done it and got the help that I needed that I have now. I did not have a stable base. Um, he was my base until we broke up. And then after that, I was like, what do we do? What do I do? I didn't know. So everything came crashing down on me. Um, from that breakup and I started using and drinking again. Now this time I am a, I am, um, a disabled veteran. Oh, well, um, thank you for your service. Thank you. And uh, I have all kind of therapy to see me, to help me not go back into a dark place. I have a psychiatrist. I have a therapist. I work with horses. Oh, um, nice. I uh, work out. And all, and um, I do fly fishing. Oh, and, <laughs> and my next, and I rock climb in, inside, but I rock climb. I'm not doing it outside ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I have all these things to challenge me, and that's what I didn't have the first time. I need to be challenged because if I can challenge myself to make the horse walk. I can get on the horse without him moving. I can catch a bass or I can catch a trout or I can climb the wall without a problem and challenge myself. That's what I, that's what my staple is right now. Um, challenging myself and to do something different, to change my mindset about, I can't do this but I can do this. If I can do that, I can do this. Right. And it's a job every day. And people say, oh, you make it look so easy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it really isn't. But working at it every day to make myself a better person than I was before is more more the reason to keep going and keep doing it. Some days it is hard. But it's just, I have to keep going for me, me, because last year it was different. The year before last, it was different. And this year it gets progressively better every year. And I never get on this high horse. Oh, I'm sober, blah, blah, blah. I don't do that. I'm sober 
and I'm taking it one day at a time. I'm clean. I'm taking it one day at a time for me to be a better version of myself. And the last time I got sober and clean, I didn't do it for that. And that is what really potentially potentially took me back to the dark place that I was in. Yeah, yeah. I think those, yeah, great points because you always talk about, you know, you can't do it for other people, but you, you did it for your daughter and you did it for, um, you know, your boyfriend at the time and you did it for a long time. I mean, yeah. you were able to maintain. So sometimes we can convince ourselves that doing these things for other people is, is the way to go. But at the end of the day, you didn't do you. And, and, and now right. it sounds like you have. Yes. And it's, um, it's um, I'm I'm just going to say that working with the horses is like my number one thing. I, I do horse therapy every week um, in a veteran program that I'm in. And I got to say that that was the most um, awakening thing that I've done for my sobriety ever, I think. And and it and, and it. And I can incorporate these things in my daily life awesome. and lifting and lifting weights, uh, working out. If I can, if I can lift the weight, if I can lift a 30 pound weight, then I can lift the weight of sobriety and, uh, and keep sober and keep, and yeah. keep going and going and going, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, um, you know, and I also, developed a routine for Sundays. I call it a sober Sunday. Challenge yourself on so sober Sunday. I cook a dinner or I, or we go somewhere and do something different. Um, just to, you know, get back. You can't get back the days and the, and the Sundays that you slept and were hang, hung over. You just can't, yeah. but you can make these next ones that you can make the bad, the, these, these upcoming ones better for you yeah. and the people that you affected. And, and that's basically, that's basically what I do. Um, nothing spectacular. I do not do AA. Yeah. Um, and I know there's a lot of whatever, but I think whatever works yeah. for one person, if it works and it keeps you sober, then that's what you do. Um, I went to AA meetings in 15 and 2015. I was homeless and I went to AA meetings, NA meetings. They did not work for me. After every one, I drank, I used, and I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to feel like this when I leave AA. And I'm not, and I'm not downing anybody that want to use it. Whatever works, whatever it takes to be a better version than you were yesterday that that's what you should do for you. Now, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in all this, you know, separation and everything, because when you divide and conquer or you dividing and you're trying to, and somebody's trying to put their beliefs on you, you know, it makes it that much harder, this whole process. Yeah. And I think everybody needs their own process to get through this because this shit ain't for the week. It's hard. And you got to put your daily deposits in for yeah. you, not the person that's on Twitter or Facebook 
or Instagram or anywhere else. You got to do it for you to be a better version than you were yesterday. If you can't do it for you, then I don't know what you're doing it for. Yeah, so. well, yeah, you got to do it for you. And, you know, um, if something works for you, sure, by all means, tell people about it. Yes, but, whatever it takes. But if, but that doesn't mean that your way is the right way. And I agree with you. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And um, when I first started, people were saying, oh, you're going to be a dry drunk or you're going to do this, you're going to do that. I was like, as long as I do something daily it, to make a life where I can, honestly say I like being sober and I can remember what I said or did yesterday, then that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it's really, <laughs> it's crazy how the universe works because I, I got you out here on the podcast. Um, you know, it's been a discussion on Twitter about AA and, and, you know, got a lot of hard nosed AAs coming in and chirping and, you know, um, and then I just got a book about AA and how AA and, and science doesn't mix. And, and it's just weird. And I agree with you because <clears throat> you, you'd mentioned the term dry drunk that is thrown around. Like, you know, I like AA. Yeah. I've been to AA. I, you know, I've read the big book several times. I, you know, I'm a fan of what it has to say. I'm not a fan of some of the people who represent it. And yes. to call somebody a dry drunk, one of the big things in AA is, you know, you don't take other people's inventory. Well, the moment you start saying that, well, he or she's not ready yet. He or she's just a dry drunk. He or she hasn't hit bottom yet. That's taking other people's inventory, in my opinion. And who are you to know this? You know, exactly. You can only speak on on, on your specific journey, what worked for you. And, you know, I think you, you said, you know, if you can get up and challenge yourself every day, if you can get a horse to listen to you, I mean, that's impressive on its own. That's a big son of a gun. <laughs> You know what I yes, mean? he is. He is a big guy. He's a very big guy. They actually given me a bigger horse because the other one was sold. So they've given me a bigger horse. This, you know, to work with, and and he he listens, but he likes to nibble, and yeah. that's you know, ooh. <laughs> I can't imagine. So <laughs> one 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 important thing I really want to talk about too is um, you said you're getting. Um, like you're able to work with the horses and therapy through uh, because you're a veteran. Is it through an organization or something? Cause we might, yes. I, I, I've never had a veteran on the, on the podcast. So you're another first for that yes. too. And that's really awesome. But in case a veteran is looking, you know, what did you do and, and what organization helped you? I work, I work with a couple of organizations. I do um, the Equus center here in, um, upstate New York. It's uh, called the Equine Center and Company. It's in Honeyoy Falls, New York. Okay. Um, it's a beautiful place. Uh, we do we do farm to table cooking as well there. I do cooking with heroes and I do the um, Mustangs. These horses I work with are wild Mustangs. Awesome. So we 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 get them trained with uh, trust um, amongst the veteran and to help us with our PTSD and to help the horse um, and um, help him um, be able to be ridden one day, you know, okay. to trust the human and to, you know, so we're all, we're both getting therapy from each other, which is an awesome, awesome thing. That is really cool. 
that is really cool that they have something like that for veterans. Cause I know, you know, if anybody's gone through stress or whatever, it's, it's our veterans for sure. So I'm, I'm really happy to yes. hear that, that New York has something like that. I'm going to have to uh, maybe after the podcast, shoot me a tweet of the name of the place that that's helping you out. And maybe I can find okay. something similar in Michigan so that, you know, in my area, um, I'm a recovery coach. That's what I do uh, for a living now. So I'd, I would like to have some information to help the veterans that are struggling with substance use in my area. So if you could do that. Also, also there's a place called Compere Core that um, should be nationwide um, that helps um, veterans. I'm not sure if it's just here, but I, they told me that if I moved somewhere else that I would be able to find them. Oh, okay. So, um, I'm also with them and the commodity is just fantastic. Um, I like working with other veterans in this aspect because we we get it. We know why we're the way we well, we, we sure. know what makes each other click, so right to on. speak. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll have to have you send those to me in, in, okay. in Twitter because, yeah, veterans are going to associate and know, you know, what's going on with each other a lot better. Um, you know, we can help the best we can. But uh, yeah, OK. Yeah, send me yeah. that information. That'd be great. I will. I yeah. will. And also, um, I would like to add that, you know, um, you know, this is not a pleasure cruise. You you know, <laughs> somebody has to. Well, me, what I have to do every day just to get my day going, I have to pray. I have to get up, take a shower. I have to brush my teeth. These were things that I did not do when I was in active addiction or drinking. So it makes a world of difference if you do those, if if I do those things before, you know, I leave the house or whatever. It may look easy, but it really is not. So I just wanted people to, I just want to tell Whoever, somebody might need to hear that because yeah. I know that if somebody had to say that to me eight, nine years ago, I would have been like, oh, wow. OK, well, let me try that. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. And it, and those tasks seem so overwhelming at times when you're in the thick of it, like making your bed and folding your clothes yes. and make taking your a shower. Yeah. Yes. Make your bed, take a shower, brush your teeth. Put on yeah. something. Put on your clothes. You don't got to be the best thing you got. Your Sunday's yeah. best, but put something on. Yep. I just wanted somebody to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Great point. Yeah, for sure. So so you got all kinds of things going on. Let's see. I got some notes. I want to make sure you touched on everything. Um, so okay. what's 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 improved as far as uh, family and friends? How, how do those relationships when, when, with the relapse and before talk a little bit about family and friends and how those relationships okay, evolve? Well, okay. So my marriage got better because I was not sleeping on the couch a couple of days a week. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And <laughs> my kids, my son, I had not seen my son since he was five years old. And he visited me back in 2017, 2018, 2019 for the first time since he was five. Okay. Um, friends, 
Now, I have minimal friends because everybody I, is doing the same things that they were doing. Um, I don't really, I don't really, uh, I talk to my friends that I had and I try to be there as much as I can, but sometimes it's exhausting because if I don't drink and they still do, yeah. you know, yeah. it's nothing I can do about it. I wish it was, but there's literally nothing, but my friendships kind of suffered and fell off. Well, uh, you, they, they had to suffer, so you didn't. So, and I right. think, yeah, and I think I, I think that's a good example of boundaries. You you didn't cut them out, not talk to them ever again. You know, you you set right. your boundaries, and I think that's every time somebody on the podcast can say that. I, I think some people need to hear it. You know, it's it's okay. Some people you just can't talk to. Yes, and being that I am a veteran and I do veteran activities, you know, some of my friends you know, are at these activities and these veteran activities are non, you cannot drink. You can't do anything. You could just come to the activity. You can't drink and all that stuff. So, you know, by them being there, we can, we can all relate and get along and talk, whatever. But outside of that stuff, I can't, I can't allow myself to, to, um, be a part of that their world anymore right on this is going to be off the wall and might sound like a weird question but i get this all the time okay like i start telling my story i got four owis i've been to jail you know i've um this and that i've crapped myself and pissed myself i start telling stories be like man i i don't see you doing that and i get that impression from you i get that pressure i look at somebody and, and you hear your story and it's like there's no way you know she's like She's like in line to be the next vice president or something, you know, just the way you you look and carry yourself. And it's, it's crazy how this crap can affect, you know, everybody. It's not the dude or woman under the street or laying on a street bench. It's everyday people are suffering. Right. And, and, and that's, do you ever get that comment to you? Like, wow, I would have never guessed. No, no, nobody ever says that to me because everybody that's literally right around me, um, has seen me in that dark. Oh, They've see. seen me. They, my daughter visited me in jail. My husband, you know, he's not very street smart or very. <laughs> he's, you know, he he's sure. not a very. He probably nobody says that to me, okay. but I'm sure that they probably think it. Sure, people that don't know me, but you yeah. know, yeah, well. Because we're not street smart. That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I, um, my ex fiance. It's you know we're we're dating again now. Um, but you know she's. You know, I, I had to go to jail, and you know she was more terrified than I was. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, oh my god. You know, I was actually relieved when I went to jail because I was like, this has to stop. Yeah. When I. You know, I had to stop at that point in time. But when I got out, I started back up. But if yeah. I hadn't went in, I think I would be dead right now. Sure. To, to, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, to recognize the the problematic 
behavior I was displaying after jail before I got sober, I was like, you know what? I don't want to wind back up in that place. I don't want to leave my husband. I don't want to leave my dog. I don't want to leave my granddaughter. I want to do better this time. So, yeah. So. So we, we try to be honest with ourselves. Like, um, I, I want to ask this question because I want people to know that it's okay. Like for sure. instance, today we went to a meat market to get, get some salami and some other things or whatever. And, uh, you know, I saw a lining, uh lining cool. I, I can't remember how to say it, but anyway, it's a summer shanty. It's the name of the, the beverage. Anyway, it's something that it's it, something that tastes kind of decent. Anyway, I remember drinking that on the pontoon back in the day. And it was the first time in the 10 months that I've been sober now that I was actually like, man, that, you know, that actually sounds good. How often, and, and I have to be honest about those things. I have to be honest right. that I'm thinking these things because if I ignore it, that's pretending like it's not real. Well, exactly. It, and, uh, and so it's, it, if I pretend it's not real, then, then I'm not dealing with it. So how about in like, uh, you know, for you, how often does that happen? What, when I crave a drink? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I know the farther you get, the easier it is. But I guess, you know, how many times, like, say in a month, is it like, you know, this sounds good? Or I wish I could. Because I want to normalize those thoughts a little bit, because I know it gets better the farther you go. I want to, I want people to know that it's okay to think that. You just got to find a way to not well, act on it. Well, um, I haven't really, I mean, in the beginning, I was like, this is, I was like, I could do this, but knowing my, I can't do it. So you got, you got to the point, which is awesome. So you're uh, three and a half years. So you've gotten to the point where it's just like, <laughs> I can't even, and I'm not going to say I don't crave it. Okay. Okay. The only sure. time I really crave it is when I see something on TV, when I see the people laughing, drinking yeah. my mosas, and I'm like, you know what, maybe I can drink. Yeah, and then my and then the devil and then the angel on this shoulder is like, no, the fuck you cannot. Yeah, yeah. If you do, you're gonna fucking start a whole shit storm. Right, right. So I cannot. I mean, I take naltrexone. Oh, okay. So I'm uh, on that, and when I have thoughts like that, I pop a pill. That is wow! I cannot believe you just said that because I have a podcast tomorrow at noon. And she talks about the Sinclair method and naltrexone, and and she's yeah. she, she, she's going to talk about that. So, all right, uh, I'll let you go here uh, just a couple of minutes. But comment on the naltrexone and what's that? What that's done for you? That in the beginning, my husband and his brother used to throw barbecues and everything, and it was drinking, everybody laughing, everybody happy, and I'm like, holy shit. Maybe I can be like that. And my <laughs> therapist was like, no, the hell you can't. And so she upped, so she upped the, the dosage. Okay. And if you drink with it in your system, you're going to get sick. You're going to throw up violently. If you like okay. throwing up, do that. But I don't. <laughs> and, <clears throat> you know, um, but well, a, I, you a, know, for me, that's what happened. I got okay. violently sick. I got violently sick 
when I tried to stop while taking that and it, it did not work. Right. It did not work. So well, that's yeah. talk about an added benefit, right? You know, I, I drank on antabuse for a while. Um, they had to up it from 250 to 500 because I would just break out in hives when I drank and I would just pretend like I was wow. sick. And once I got through that hour, then I was off to the races again. Yep. She, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. But um, yeah, don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> <for> me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Naisha, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have great energy. Um, I, I'll let you get back to dinner. I know you're doing some things. But uh, again, thank you for your service, number one. And congratulations on your sobriety. Uh, three and a half years is huge. Um, you know, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, thank I will you. send you the link afterwards. Uh, everybody that's listening, check out the podcast on YouTube. Apple and Spotify and uh, let Naisha know how she did. And we already know how that was. It went well. So, <laughs> all right, take care and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.